Breakfast. My name's Andy Littleton. I'm sitting with Eric Seepin, and we talked about the social dilemma, which is all the buzz on social media, but it's about not being on social media. So how do you know about this? What's going on? What do we do? How would Andy and Eric respond? How different are they? All these questions and more interrupted by zero advertising coming out. No, I was going to say answered Answer. after this ad. After? In one, <laughs> two, three, four, five. Welcome. <laughs> do you go to McDonald's? Guess what? You can get two sandwiches and a coffee for, for less, less than a sandwich, a uh, hash, hash brown. brown, and a coffee. Go to McDonald's. Get two sandwiches share with a friend this ad would be more effective if they were paying us <laughs> all right everybody enjoy up on uh, sausage sausage biscuits. biscuits and yeah. we were just beforehand talking about giving and all the tithing i tried to give you one you said no yeah i know you tried to give me 50 percent of, of your meal i did but i didn't want 50 percent. did you want a different percent i wanted 100 percent or nothing oh well, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't say that that would have been a healthy no tithing for, for your church, not your egg McMuffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what we were talking about. Before. You want a hundred percent of the tithe from our church, is what you're saying? Yes, that's pretty much what we were trying to negotiate yeah, a deal that, here. I believe. Yes, yeah. I do. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, so we've been asked to talk about the social dilemma. We have. Have you watched the whole thing? No, but oh, I, you saw it. Watched it. I didn't have a chance to. You had a dilemma, a social dilemma. I did, which was, will I watch this on vacation or not? Yeah. And I've watched 70%. Okay. So I, I, I know a good chunk of what it's about. Yeah. What do you think? Um, scary. Yeah? Yeah. I, I thought, well, first, that there were really interesting chunks of the documentary um, from a film perspective, and then there were parts where I'm like, really, do we have to have this dramatization of... Oh, yeah. The little <laughs> avatar... The, yeah, the guys I could have done without. I'm like, really? This is I, I'm I'm watching something about big, gigantic social networks. The most powerful tech companies in the world. I don't need this to be entertained. The, this is the best you can do. There's these three little actors. Yeah, in this control room, trying to control me. Well, they are there. Yeah, they're yeah. that's their whole job. What did I think? Yeah, I think uh, you should realize that. People are using psychology to shape your views and get you, uh, and you have become the product, and they're selling you to different organizations. Which, which, by the way, isn't new. It's just more sophisticated. Right. This, I mean, advertising has been trying to use psychology as for a very long time, for a very long time, and is just getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because and, now... And the systems are more available and in your face and constant. Yeah. yeah. The delivery systems. The delivery systems, yeah. Yeah, but nothing's free, right? I mean, that's the thing. No. You, you Facebook seems free to us, but it's not. No. We pay not. a price for it. Same with all these other things. Right. Were you surprised when you saw it? Um, 
I think that what I was not, I wasn't surprised about what was going on in the sense of like, oh, wow, I can't imagine that ever ha- that ever happening. I think what concerned me is that it has created a more hive mind like um, mm-hmm. thing in the world. And it, in, in, in particular, places like Facebook and Twitter ha- have access to billions of people instead of millions of people. Yeah. And that yep. means that they can be used, the, the platforms can be used to influence um, large groups of yep. people. Um, and it showed it that they could. And how it went from, uh, it goes from this digital reality into a lived reality, potentially, very quickly. Right. Right. So The Social Dilemma is a um, documentary on Mm -hmm. Netflix that just Mm -hmm. came out maybe three weeks ago. And uh, it takes people who develop Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. um, I don't know. I can't remember any of the other. Uh, Oh, well, I mean, just Google itself. Google itself, right. Maybe that was one of the ones that, that I hadn't wrapped my mind around quite as much was just pure Google and Gmail and how they factored into all that. It doesn't surprise me. I think I was pretty well aware just from observing Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Um, but I could see the things that I was googling potentially popped up as an ad immediately right right and even things that i spoke about were popping up as ads and that certain people's posts were you know if if you looked at one or kind of were like what's this person up to and looked at their feed that you started seeing their posts more i wrapped my mind around that a while ago and i assumed the reasoning was what it was that they were trying to keep you engaged. And why would they keep you engaged? Because they want to make money. They're an advertising agency. I've been telling Abby, she's my daughter. She said, there's a free quiz. And I'm like, no, it's not a free quiz. They're gathering info. I've been saying that kind of stuff for a year now, maybe two. So I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily surprised by the concept, but there was something about having it all succinctly sort of presented to you that made you think. And then the amount of how much pre-information they have about you that, right. that dictates what content you see. I also believed and knew that, but just to think about it for another hour and a half and then also to make that connection to the way that people behave in society. Again, all of it for me, I went, yeah, I, yeah, that seems about right. But it didn't shock me. Like I feel like it shocked some folks, but I also, maybe I've just put a little more thought into it. Maybe. I don't know. You're making some serious noise to our podcast. Yeah. Um, We're going to heal that echo. Oh yeah. Sorry folks. Sorry folks. But, Anyway, I, yeah, but it's, it's a thing. So what's the right response? So I feel like we've, I've heard from some people already who they deleted the accounts. Okay. That's fine. You know, I guess that's, that's a, that's an okay thing to do, but I don't think they deleted Google. I think they're going to continue using Google. Like the, the problem still 
Right. It's even embedded in your email, apparently. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. And I so I don't, I don't think we just, I don't think deleting apps is wrong. I don't think we need them all. But there's got to be another way to address this. Then. Well, I mean, I think the the real issue is th- realizing that you're understanding the world is being shaped by more than just you, and it has an intention and purpose. Yeah. And anytime that exists, that behind it there's something spiritually mm-hmm. probably not good. Right. And examine it. Be watchful. Yes. Yeah. And it has an addictive uh, aspect to it. Yeah. And so. I, I would argue, yeah, like you're not going to get away from having them catalog you at some level and, and advertise to you. But really, honestly, there isn't a reason for you to be on Facebook right? Um, too much. Right. There isn't a reason for you to be on Instagram. There isn't a reason for you to be on Twitter. Um, you probably should take the ones that you constantly find yourself on. Right. If it's, I guess it's like, maybe I should say this. It'd be like any other addiction that it, you know, maybe, maybe you need to ease off or maybe you can't be there. Like that's the, the question is, you know, how does this affect me? My phone buzzed in my pocket. The great thing is Eric just became like, he was like, Oh no, phone's buzzing. I, I must leave this podcast. What's happening here? I realized I haven't used my phone. I don't know where it is. Hey, well, Social dilemma. Social dilemma, right there. And don't and I don't really it. care where my phone is unless yes, I left do. it in the car. Yes, because I don't want do. it to be stolen. <laughs> Why? Because it, it costs me so much money. No, you don't need a phone. Uh, for my job, I need a phone. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, just sit here in the church, open the door, and they'll come. Oh, a walk to their homes. That's a long walk. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll reflect a lot about Christ. I mean, not that I do these things. I'm just saying. Uh huh. Okay. Well, that's great. If they all move into my neighborhood, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you know. So the real problem is that people don't live in the same neighborhood, right? That actually, that's that actually might be a real problem. Well, I think. I mean, I, there's a lot of things, but I, the real issue is Facebook didn't exist, and and Twitter and all these things, these ways of communicating uh, and advertising and shaping who we are didn't exist. Now they do. And we have to deal with them. And don't you think every every technology brings with it some gift and some curse? Agreed. I think when you listen to some of the statistics of the impact on young women, mm-hmm. that was pretty devastating. No, it is. It is. And, you know, maybe maybe some of this is a little closer to, like, you know, drinking. Right. And its impact on, on a young person and their inability to control. Right their impulses and their yeah. newly developed brain. Right. Developing brain. So No, there's definitely an addictive quality. I just I mean, I wonder somebody told me years back that what destroyed the neighborhood was air conditioning. They said that when they and this was here in Tucson, they said, Yeah, it was hot, but we we would go outside. We would rather have the breeze than be sitting in a brick oven. Right, and we were close, and we knew each other's problems, and we helped each other out, and we walked around and talked. And they said the years, the the block of years where air conditioning became affordable, and everybody started to get it, everybody started to stay inside and seclude from one another, and and it destroyed the community. Um, 
do we love air conditioning? Yes. Yes. Um, is, but did it, did it become addictive to people? Yes. Right. The murder rates go down. Yes. They went down. No, I don't, I don't know. Just, I'm making that up because yeah. when you're high, you're like, I'm killing you. I'm sorry. Or maybe they went up because nobody was outside. I mean, that was the interesting thing about the pandemic, early, early pandemic days. All of a sudden, everybody's outside. I don't know if you noticed that in your neighborhood. Our neighbors are walking. We were having like a transient issue in the neighborhood. It went away. Why? Because everybody was outside and right. riding their bikes. Now, summer hit. Tucson is hot, but I have a feeling that that's not going to return even in the fall, not that version of it because we're back in, into our lives. But there's interestingly air conditioning, which we all view as a wonderful technology kind of drew us all away from each other. So we're not watching out for each other. We're not aware of each other. Right. We're all in our houses. I mean, me too. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting the the new technology always gets all the scrutiny. Now, I'm not arguing for it. I actually really do see the issue here. I'm just saying it's easy to jump on the new one and miss the thousands that we're also addicted to, like our cars, like our air conditioning that also are damaging our relationships. Right. Well, and the hard thing I have is I I totally agree with all of that. Except that when we're talking about visual technology, so we're talking about like uh, Netflix, uh-huh. Disney Plus, which the you know, of course, the interesting thing is, where did I hear about the social on, dilemma on Netflix? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Oh. I heard about it on Facebook. Oh, did you? And then I went and watched it on Netflix, which is operating by the same principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So that's interesting. But we have all these visual things and the capacity to live stream, the capacity to do all that we're doing has been moved forward since the like, you know, mid eighties by pornography. Like mm. pornography has moved technology because it's needed to get it onto these platforms and be able to stream it better and to get it more clear. And so it's driven the technology. It's been the underpinning to that. And the dark side of all of this comes in my mind in two kind of places one is it creates this uh adversarial nature right so there's this and then on the other side it creates this distortion of image mm-hmm. of god's image um you know like what you if you go on to instagram and you decide you're just going to do a little search thing you know and look at other people's profiles sure a lot of what you're going to see there is what, when I was, you know, 19, you had to go to Circle K and ask for behind the uh, counter. There's a lot I, of... I wouldn't know about this. There's sir. a lot I'm of soft kidding. porn that right. sits on, sure. on Instagram alone. And you can find it if you dig into Pinterest. You can find it on these. So these are like, these aren't... Do you think Twitter is also as... I'm, I'm, I'm not written with the visuals because it feels like Twitter gets people really locked in and it's all, almost all text. Yes. Though they do now put, you can post videos and do all that on right. Twitter, but Twitter gets you, you get, you get and Reddit and you get down these conversation rabbit holes. Well, Reddit is dangerous. Yes. I, I mean, I think in the, just the darkness that you can ease it's It's just that it used to be that the, the, the access to the cesspool, yeah. So to speak, yeah. it was a little harder. Sure. And I think it's really easy to get to the cesspool in our culture. 
And from, as a pastor and follower of Jesus, that's, that's concerning. Because before we had this concept of shame mm-hmm. where I could, I didn't want to get caught doing something. Right. I didn't want to. Now we live in an exhibitionist kind of society with the cesspool right in our hands, right in our bedrooms, right in our living rooms. Right. When I was when I was a teenager, my friends and I had to steal porno mags is basically the deal. And so the the risk you took and the amount of shame and I did get caught and it it felt very difficult to do. Yes. And amazingly, right, we went to all that trouble. Yeah. Um and so now it is not difficult. It's the easiest thing in the world. So the consumption yeah. becomes more. Mm-hmm. And you uh, and sure. then you gorge on it, and you form extreme addictions. Right, and it's not. But and okay, so now it's it's pornography, it's online, you know, gaming, virtual like living alternative right. lives. I think um, I think we're addicted to controversy. Yes, it's it's a uh, yes arguing. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, I don't know the yeah, just the conflictual nature of everything. Yeah, the antagonistic nature of everything. And we're addicted to well to being to being uh, I don't know what's the word for having lots of succulents. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, trendy, trendy. Oh, it's like I think it, we we like the salacious nature of all of it. Mm-hmm. it and, and so because it produces, I mean, we know chemically like it's just producing these these rushes for us. I get a rush every time a new succulent comes to my house. I know, you do. I don't. I don't know that, but I guess <laughs> I can. I I know a person in our church who loves their succulents. Yeah, yeah. Um. Right. So. So. Yes. Sorry. You're saying chemically you we know that this happens. Yeah. <laughs> and some of that's. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. It does. Well, and here here's the thing. I think. And, and this is maybe where you and I are, maybe will diverge a little bit. But I think that it is, we can no longer as followers of Jesus be people of the middle ground. And this is what I mean. I don't mean we need to get in the streets and fight all of the different things that we see that are wrong. What I mean by being in the middle ground is how are we going to live life as followers mm-hmm. of Jesus and what is actually holy? And so a lot of times we approach it very pragmatically and we're like, well, like even like you said, and I'm not accusing you, but you said, well, technology is a good thing. And so you kind of have to decide, can you use Facebook or should you not use Facebook? Is it, is it okay for you or is it isn't okay for you? And I'm thinking maybe we need, as we move into this time when things are, you know, heightened in so many areas that we as followers of Jesus are like, well, it might be time for us to just say, we don't need that. We right. need to pursue holiness in a, in a different way. And I'll, and I'll drop that, that idea when all the people who bring it up stop using their GPS and stop Googling things. And it's, it's one of those things where uh, it's, it can become a little, a little bit hypocritical to say, you know, Oh, I'm I'm going to get out of all those things, except for all the ones that I use and that work for me. All the ones that I don't really use and don't really work for me, I will get out of. I don't know. It th- yeah, that's where I, I, I my I, hang up is. I agree with you, except that if I Google Domino's and I call Domino's, 
That is much different than me flipping through Facebook consistently or there, there's some, I think what social, the, the, the uh, social dilemma kind of communicates to me that there are particular things with on, within your phone and on your TV screen that are dangerous. They're not just, and they aren't right. equivalent. No, I, I know. And, and, and I basically think- what, what I gleaned and tell me if you th- see it differently from the social dilemma is that generally paid advertising is the aim. And in order for paid advertising to work, they need to keep you coming back a lot. And so they observe what you like in the ways that you behave online and they feed it to you, like or hate, whatever brings you back. And they feed it to you to come back so that you also partake yes. in the advertising. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a, there's something to, you know, I, I, maybe it's just that it's really two pronged because what we do online is we go out and we pursue what we like or we hate. Um, and they're just, they are, they are tracking it and using it. It does have dangerous consequences because it, it fills us up with the thing we like too much, or it drives us into, just into despair. And I do think that I personally think that some taxation strategies on their revenue streams would temper that a little bit. I'm not opposed to that. I, my company sure gets taxed a lot. I don't mind if theirs does too. Maybe that's, you know, wrong of me. I don't know. But it, that doesn't, I think that that would temper the drive to, to just, you know, draw people in at any cost. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we're going to stop pursuing those things that we love and hate. Um, I, I think that we're going to read about them somewhere. I think that we're going to, I'm just saying they are tracking our behavior there. It does it, does it dial in and shape our behavior? Sure. But we have to do some more work other than just app deletion. I I would agree. But I think that, you know, I watched social dilemma and not because I'm thinking I knew everything that they said, Yeah. but I decided, you know what? I don't need to have Facebook or Twitter on my phone. Right. I need to do a little work yeah. if I need to get to Facebook. Yeah. Facebook's a useful tool in the sense that, yeah, I can quick check in on some people. I can say, hey, here's a sermon. You should listen to this. But it's not something I should be on or anyone should be on a regular basis. I shouldn't be spending an hour, two hours right. a day on Facebook just because I look at it 10 minutes every you know, right. hour. It's just not something I should be doing. And, and I think that there's a... I think that's true for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I don't, I don't disagree with. That. As followers of Jesus, honestly, like this, this is. Uh, I've been reading a lot of early church history recently, and what's discouraging to me, both in myself and and in the larger church, is that we have failed to do what our brothers and sisters did not fail to do in the, in the epidemics of of the of the you know the early first two centuries and i and what and that is what take care of people actually and risk their lives right and it's not to now, say the church hasn't done that but yeah, i was gonna say what like you're not even allowed in hospital rooms right but the and, public yeah. image that we have portrayed is us infighting about mm-hmm. should we gather or not and infighting about the masks that we should wear Agreed. and infighting yeah. over you know just anything and everything and i think 
we haven't been a people who have looked around and said, well, what, what do we all need? And, and it's not that churches aren't doing things. I mean, that's the, I think what we've struggled to do as a church at large is actually, um, we've struggled to, to put forward a unified, humble position. Humility has not been something that we have put forward. And we haven't put it forward because we don't have it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad thing to say, but we, I guess that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is the problem isn't that social media shows it to the world. The problem is we don't have it. The problem is that we are not humble. The problem, problem is that we are driven by very different goals. And that's, and it's really unfortunate that that gets all blasted out on social media. And I, I agree that I think that's, I look at that. I just think to myself, what are you thinking? If the whole, if the idea of being salt and light is at all valid, why are you going taking people to task on Facebook yet? Dumb, dumb. Like that's how I feel. Um, you know, so, but I also feel like Facebook is where we're doing it, but it's a, it's a thing that we're dealing with inwardly and between ourselves. That's, that's the, I'm not saying I, I also, I don't get any, I'd be interested to know some of your practical strategies for me. I've turned off notifications for a lot of things, everything but text and phone call. And every once in a while, I think about turning those off too. <laughs> um, and uh, and I don't have, I make extra steps. I don't have the Facebook app or anything. I have to actually go log on online and stuff like that. So those are little things I've done. So I don't personally feel I need the immediacy and come, you know, all the, that would drive me insane. And I don't, think it's good and I've gotten rid of those things and I try to be aware of what things are being fed to me because of the type of searching I do and and I right. try to keep that stuff in mind um how about you give me, give me some practicals and then I, I want to run another train of thought by you and get your thoughts on it well here's an interesting thing as you were talking I'm thinking you know I would say about 50 to 60 percent of my searches on Google have to do with Jesus right and I don't get any Jesus ads Whatsoever. Right. I, I many years ago, I typed in Jesus is Lord and got porn. Wow, that's and great. I thought somebody tagged this is what they did. I didn't open it; just that was there. It was on Google, and I went, right? What in the world? And it it means that somebody in there was like, we're going to go after the Jesus is Lord searchers. Right. Right. But I, I so it's it's interesting that they don't target. They're only targeting on things that. They're going yeah. to make money. I, you know what? I'm not sure I de- necessarily, I get, you know, I follow Gospel Coalition and I had years of, of following Piper and the, they are always at the top of my Google search. Even if I'm, I'll get Gospel Coalition something when I'm not even looking for a Christian article. Mm. So okay. I, I think Google I does feed me and the same happens with, with Instagram Michaela was asking me, she goes, how do you, you get these great sermon clips and I get um, like animals and makeup. And I said, simple, because I tend to be looking up sermon related stuff on the internet. So that's what they feed me on Instagram. You tend to be looking up like stuff about animals and makeup. So that's what they feed you on Instagram, whether you're on Instagram or not. So I I personally have been fed a lot of those things. I, I don't get fed any of that, but I don't follow a lot of things. Right. Well, yeah. 
So, and then the stuff that you look up, you're probably like, you know, postmodern psychology of the ancient mind, and you're like, this is such a Jesus-related question. <laughs> and the and the and Google is just like, well, yeah, most of my right. Google searches are uh, the Greek, me the non uh, non New Testament uh, Greek meaning of such and such a word in yeah. first century. Sure. Okay. There you go. Well, that's <laughs> why I don't get. That's why you don't just get Jesus. <laughs> Google isn't that advanced to know that what you mean is Jesus when you type that in. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I mean, I take all the different precautions you take. I, I think that just for me thinking about all of this, it it opens my eyes to how addicted we yeah. all are to these things and how dangerous that addiction is yeah and how it's probably not going to go away and yet maybe we are called to more drastic action and maybe as pastors we're called to invite our people to take risks that are painful to follow Mm -hmm. jesus because i you know i'm just i think if we think about the rich young ruler modern times here's jesus's answer Log off Facebook, log off Twitter, log off Pinterest, shut your phone down and come and follow me. I, I do think that that would be what he would say to many of us if we mm-hmm. said, how do I and get eternal life? And he'd be like, well, go get rid of your, your all of these apps and things that, that call your attention instead of me. So here, okay, good lead into it. This is what I wanted to run by you. So I actually do agree with you that Jesus would say that. I I think that Jesus sometimes says, yeah, like rich young ruler, there's you got to walk away from all these things. He talks to somebody else, doesn't bring any of those things up. Right. right? And so the, the other line of thought I've had is what if Christians all just started going, now I'm out of here on social media, right? I'm not going to share things. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to engage. Um, I mean, is that the same line of thought of what we've done in, you know, in many times, like just societal roles in public schools in like a, a lot of other areas in which we've gone, this is not a safe place. Um, let's get out, you know? And, and so what I'm saying is, are, is there a call? And I'm not saying it's for everybody, because I think the same is true of I, I think the same is true of the bar, like the silver room down the street from our church. Some people in in our church should not walk in the doors, right? It is not a safe place. It is the addiction is there. It's not a good idea. Others of us, I think, could sit there and have one IPA with somebody and talk and get to know them and be in fact called to that place. That's that's what I believe, and and I think that you got to you know, this just takes discernment and community and communication and prayer. But are there some folks who are called to engage carefully in the social media sphere? Because there are a lot of people there and do it in thoughtful ways and cautiously with prayer, with community support, while also affirming that other people should not be there. So, yeah, I would agree in principle. But here's my pushback. Everybody who thinks that they should be the one at the bar shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Well, and that's where and the all the ones who think they should be on Facebook doing and that's shouldn't be. And that's where the community right. comes in, right? And where like Jesus speaking in rich young ruler, 
he would not have said, you know what, I, I've got a problem, probably, until Jesus said, you do. Right. And and, and I think that's... So here's yeah. my, I think, there, there's... We interpret things in our culture as just part of the culture and not mission fields. So a bar is a mission field. It is not a place that you should go hang out. So, right. What's the point? That gets at why are you there? Yes. Yeah. To, in in now, all... I will say that culture is changing in the sense that, like, okay, you could go to a gastric pub and not even know really that it's a pub. And, uh, yes, beer is available, but it's a gastric pub. It's a restaurant. Some places are only about drinking. Yes. And that's a mission field. It's not a place that you should be going. To just hang out. this This is your way to cool down after work. Yes. So the same with, I think, with all of these things. But here's what I have a hard time with. The church doesn't think about it that way. You're not, and, and your church and my church doesn't necessarily think about it. We're not speaking on a regular basis. We don't have programs or ways, philosophies where we're trying to help disciple people and talking about people. And we're like, oh, okay, these five people are our Facebook people and we pray over them and they're our missionaries on Facebook. We probably should. Well, no, we and, it, sh- and it should be people that hate the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people who are like i deleted all the apps we're like we're sending you <laughs> we're sending you in but i mean i think the same with bars i think it's the same i mean i think all of these activities have to be looked at as um there are spiritual forces behind them mm-hmm. what are the spiritual forces yep. and some of them have really strong dark spiritual forces behind them and others are don't Right. right, and I think we have to be discerners as elders and as leaders and as a community, and be like, "Oh yeah, no, you're a missionary online," and I don't, I don't know if people, I, we don't think about it that way. We don't, but I think we should think about that in all areas in which we we go, because your work can have a similar, like it can dominate your life. It's a mission field, yes, but it can be it can be everything to you. I mean, I was thinking about this with people who go into ministry. So many go in for the same reasons we get on social media, right? So many people go on the mission field and get into becoming a pastor for the same reasons we go on social media, affirm me, like me, right? Sure. And and so the the perils are there. And, and so I, I think the same type of thinking where you need to be sent in with, with you know, community around you supporting you. Right. You need to be sent in with even sometimes going where you do not want to go, you know, where it doesn't just check all your boxes, like go into the kind of ministry you're not interested in, you know, that doesn't make you feel better about yourself. You know, you who want to be great, become a monk. You who want to be a monk, stand up in front of thousands, right? I mean, I don't know. It's... Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I I think that the problem is, is, you know, Jesus had the same problem and, and he stands up in the gospel of John and says, you know, you can't have, basically you can't have eternal life unless you're going to eat my flesh and drink right. my blood. Like you can't, if you're not all of me, you can't have eternal life. And I think we as followers of Jesus in the modern times include, I mean, me too. It's like we, we I don't think we take this very seriously. You know, I was saying on Sunday, the power that raised Jesus is in you. Yeah. And we think that's great. Yeah. Well, okay. But no, the power right now where Where's, you and I are I talking is yeah. uh, is in us that that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. And he rose and ascended 
and poured out his spirit so that it would fill the earth through us mm-hmm. and that's that's like oh like your work has to come under line of the, the authority of christ your mm-hmm. your neighborhood your marriage your parenting everything is you're to be brought your, under the authority of christ your for, time in any sphere which would include facebook facebook and yeah, twitter so, and i think we but we have these demands to be comfortable i think that's what i comfortable and anesthetized and like these ads like so i love Nespresso. I have a Nespresso machine here. I have a Nespresso machine at home. Um, guess what the ads I get all the time are the new cool and angled Nespresso right. accessories all the time. Yep. And I want those. Yep. Because, oh, I want the next thing. And I want that. Oh, look at this little modification they've built. And, and which at, at some point, I guess, A, I want to say, like, that's not purest evil. No. It's okay for innovation. Yeah. It's it's okay to get a thing you like. Yes. That's there's you know, in the in the creational ideal, we're even given that task. Yeah, no, I don't But it isn't that. to become an idol. Right. And so I think that's the interesting thing is it's like Facebook is like walking into the temple, you know, filled with idols. Yes. It's and you is it a mission field? Do we need to be able to walk in there? If you can go in and discern all the idols, right. then then maybe you can go in there. If you if you don't want to discern the idols and you just want to bow down to one because you just need to feel better right now, you know, and that's where I think most of us are. And and that's the easy default, and that's the default of the human heart. Right. Is I just need to feel better. I right. just wanna I just wanna be happy. Yeah, and, and I or I want to forget. I want to be yeah. numbed out to the pain. I numbed think, out. That's what I mean by being happy is good as well. Right. You know, but, yeah. Cynic, the what's his name, the the business sociologist consultant, whatever he is. Uh-huh. He does lots of TED talks and things like With that. With the dreads? No, he's bald and Okay. He's always talking about millennials and That's anyway. a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, well Cynic is very famous for it. He's the one who Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, you can look it up. It's like it's S I N E K. I think I suppose last name. But Ooh. anyway, um, That's- he challenges mostly millennials, but he challenges people go to dinner without your phone. Right, and he does that so that not so that like you'll have a better conversation, though he wants you to do that, but for you to actually feel the chemical withdraw yeah. and realize what's happened between right. you and your phone. That this is more than just you having a useful tool. Yeah. It's not like a hammer. I don't get a dopamine. Even people who use hammers all day on the roof don't get dopamine hits when they see a hammer. And they're not like, oh my gosh, I got to go on the roof and hammer now. I need a hammer all the time. Mm. Well, you, it, may, you may not have been as dedicated to your hammer as I uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you have a different dopamine hit off of your hammer than you do off your phone. But... <laughs> Um, it, it's not, a, it's more than a tool. It has yeah. some kind of neurological impact that is, that is dangerous and that we need to be careful. Well, of. as soon as you open it, you can go and, and find, and you know, you can the evidence that you are important. Yeah. And that's, that's what it, it holds within it because of the things that have been created to get you to come back to consume advertisement. Yeah. 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 Because the the deepest thing people want is to feel like they matter, and if the like button proves it, or some you know friend suggestion proves it, we we'll get a good laugh, yeah, some silly meme, and just yes. kind of chuckle and feel feel a little but, better, yeah. yeah, yep, yeah. No, I think 
we can rail against the things. I, I do think that we are in a place where we can look at early church history. We can look at the fall of Rome and we can look at, you know, Benedict and we can look at, at, at Augustine and Augustine was like, we can't, he can't, he had all his hope in the Roman empire and mm-hmm. it was falling. And so he was like, well, we have to look to heaven. And Benedict was like, well, no, we, we need to conserve society. We need to kind of cloister for a while and, and, and save civilization right. And as followers of Jesus. And I, I think I would lean more that way of like, this may be a time to be a little bit more monkish. And not in the sense of not being missional and not right. reaching people, but telling you, you know what, all these things that are kind of, all the noise, we may need to reduce the noise for a while because we're not capable of of dissecting it and, and mm-hmm. sifting through it. We need to, we're not connected to Jesus enough. I think that's what the church is issues you said it earlier you said we're not humble well humility right. is the thing that jesus one of the main yeah. things that jesus brings in as a virtue that wasn't in existence right um at least the understanding of laying your life down for someone at that you know and living out a humble life yeah and seeing it as a virtue so anyway i don't know i could go on because i'm a preacher but yeah you know you know this is a podcast yeah, it's probably you're probably gonna have some ads pop up. You're in your podcast app. It's gonna suggest. No, I have been trying that. You know, like I. You've been talking about ads a lot for Keith for how and much I, you're announcing. Keith this. and I will turn on our phone at home and we'll be like vacuum cleaners. I need a vacuum cleaner. Don't get any vacuum cleaner. Yeah, they know. Ads. They know you're you're yeah. just. I tell Siri I need a vacuum cleaner. She doesn't send me any ads. So. Yeah. Yeah, they know they're on to you. They probably are. Yeah, they were listening to the pre-conversation where you said you were gonna do that. <laughs> they, they. Yeah. Uh-uh. Don't worry, it's not your phone. You're getting, you're like there, your phone's blowing up today, Pastor yeah. Andy. And I'm, I'm Look at fine. how you just, just hold together. Yeah, I'm holding it together, man. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because I don't want to answer this. You don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny <laughs> if you really didn't want to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you want to answer it. I want to answer your Would phone. Would you like me to hand it to you? Yeah. So you yeah. Can, can I answer your phone? Take care of that? Yeah. yeah. It's buzzing. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's it, man. Yeah, I do. Too. I think we've had the conversation. Yeah. So, social dilemma. Don't watch it. It's on Netflix. Netflix is terrible, and there's going to be a lot of ads. So, don't watch the movie. Um, don't fall into the trap of <laughs> making money for these people. Steer clear. Or if you do watch it, do what I did and fast forward the silly part, <laughs> the dramatization. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> get rid of it all. Throw your phone in the toilet. Yep. <laughs> this is Faith Over Breakfast. Andy and, and Eric. <laughs> and here comes an ad. And this well, has been brought to you by <laughs> McDonald's. That's right. Espresso. And, and maybe something else. And maybe something else. So. All right. Until next time. Until next time. It's good to see you, Andy. <laughs>